Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. Our reading is from Jonah chapter 3 and the first 10 verses. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from the throne took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God and let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent with compassion, turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. And when God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction that he had threatened. Has there ever been a time in your life when you felt God was giving you a second chance? A verse which is easily missed in Jonah is in 3 verse 1, and it's actually become quite a favorite now. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message that I give you. See, when God called Jonah in chapter 1, and he said, no, God could easily have said, well, that's it, Jonah, you've had your chance. I expect more from prophets uh, when it comes to giving them a word. But then we get this verse. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. How many times do we get a second chance? I mean, the world rarely offers second chances. I mean, if you're asked to play sport for your country, and then you said no, you probably wouldn't be asked to play again. Or if maybe you were offered a top job somewhere, and then you said, no, I'm not taking it, and you tried again, you, you probably wouldn't get offered a second chance. The world is not keen on giving people second chances, but God is. Despite Jonah going in the complete opposite direction to embark on a cruise ship uh, from Joppa to Tarshish in Spain, um, God allowed a storm to hit the boat. The crew became angry and threw him overboard. 
where he was swallowed by a gigantic fish who spewed him up after three days onto the shore. And in this weird and wonderful story, we see God giving Jonah a second chance to preach to the Ninevites. Why did Jonah disobey God first time round? I mean, it could easily have been avoidance of tough calls. I know that would be my reaction. Or maybe it was fear of the unknown. But I have a suspicion that it may well be because Jonah was being called to a mission that was outside of his monocultural comfort zone. He was a Jew, and he knew God had spoken to Abraham in chapter 12 of Genesis, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. But I think he, like a lot of Israel at the moment, had lost sight of the last part of the verse that says, all the nations on earth will be blessed through you. All the nations will be blessed through Abraham's seed. And they were blessed to be a blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. Even Christians can lose sight of that sometimes when it comes to world mission. When William Carey first felt God was calling him to the mission field in India, all young and enthusiastic, he told his congregation, uh, and the leaders told him, sit down, young man. When God pleases to convert the heathen, he'll do it without consulting you. But our God is a God of mission, and he blesses us to bless others. These Ninevites may have been kind of people that nobody particularly liked, violent, evil, but God had a plan, a plan to call them to repentance and bless them as well. So after landing on the shore and being given this second chance, Jonah begins his long trek to Nineveh. Now, it's actually thought that Nineveh uh, has its origins right back into Genesis chapter 10, uh, where it's talked of there, Nimrod, the Tower of Babel, uh, and Nineveh is is there hinted in the of, of the uh, growth of its development there. And then by 700 B.C., Sennacherib uh, had built a magnificent city with pure drinking water, libraries, uh, markets, and parks, extremely well fortified, with 1,500 fortified towers, each 200 feet high. This was a city with a gigantic war machine, And its empire stretched right from Iran to Iraq, from um, Syria, northern Syria, right through to the northern parts of Africa. And the word of the Lord 
came to Jonah a second time. Sorry. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim the message I give you. Can you imagine how Jonah must have felt when he arrived at this immense city? Immense. He must have been thinking, how on earth would God change them so that they repented of their sin? What size miracle would occur? And this was a huge city. By, even by modern day standards, it was 50 miles wide, according to Herodotus. And it took three days, the Bible says, for Jonah to cross the city. But God was giving the Ninevites a first chance of repentance. Not by a blast of lightning coming from the sky, but through a disobedient man who had been given a second chance. A second chance. And I, I believe God is the God of second chances. I really do. As I read my scripture, I see God frequently giving us second, third, fourth, and fifth chances all the way through. I mean, Abraham, for example, lied about Sarah to the Egyptians, even slept with her maidservant because he couldn't believe God was going to fulfill his word and give them a child. Jacob, I used to preach about him, called him the dodgy geezer when I lived in London. He was certainly a, a trickster who tricked his brother out of his inheritance. Later, he repents, cleans up his life, even removes idols from Bethel. He is described in Romans 9.13 as one who was loved by God. And there are many, many references throughout the Bible to the God of Jacob. I'd like to replace it, the God of the dodgy geezer. That's our God. Samson, another one, made a bad decision. Made many bad decisions. Ended up telling Delilah where his strength came from, but repented and asked God for forgiveness. And God accepted his repentance. And once again, Samson experienced strength, which came from God. And in the end, Samson ends up in Hebrews 11 with the kind of hall of faith, a famous uh, number of people who were mentioned there. And then there's David. My goodness, we could go on. David, wow. <laughs> there he is, an adulterer and a murderer. Still given a second chance. From whom came Jesus of the line of, uh, of David. And then there's Peter. I'm sure we'll hear much of him over Lent leading up to Easter. Given a second chance. Do you love me, Peter? And feed my sheep. And then there's the prodigal son that was mentioned this morning. Wonderful story, isn't it? Of, of the father offering the son a second chance. There's lots more in that story, I know. And then there's John Mark mentioned in the New Testament. 
uh, after having a Barney with, with Paul, that's why I think it comes from, uh, wimping out of a missionary journey, uh, and ends up with a gospel after his name. So I think God is the God of the second chance. I think he is the one who wants to give his people opportunities. So Jonah has a message to give. <laughs> Forty more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Now, this is not exactly a subtle form, a method of mission. I mean, I was taught a, a, a lot different about cross-cultural mission at Spurgeon's College. Um, like, get to know the people first, you know, um, find out where they're coming from, learn their language, build bridges with them, be culturally sensitive, smile, uh, find people of peace, come alongside them. And yet here he is giving a message of judgment. Now, should Christians ever preach a message of judgment? My first reaction is, well, judgment is not exactly loving. But I think the opposite of judgment is not love, but indifference. If God was indifferent to evil, then he wouldn't be loving. God wants to love us, but he is still a God of judgment. And sometimes we need to be reminded that there will come a judgment day for all of us. So what happened to the Ninevites? Well, the Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. I mean, I, I can't get my head around the animals putting sackcloth uh, on them. But anyway, everybody there was trying to repent before God to say they were sorry. Incredible move of, of God's spirit. But they weren't believing Jonah. They were believing God. I think this is important. They believed God. Some of us worry so much, and I do certainly, uh, about my reputation. If... Uh, what will people think of me? Even if I mention, you know, God, what will people think? I mean, I have to be honest, when I, when I was 17, I, I, that seems a long time ago now, I have to admit. Uh, I, I listened to a gospel preacher in Newport. In my mind, he was what I would call a turn or burn sort of preacher, you know. But he was, that night, he, he challenged me. I had not heard the gospel before. And he said, if you're going home in your car tonight and you hit another car and die, where will you end up? In heaven or in hell? I mean, that was the kind of preaching that I can whoa, whoa, this is. And my friend and I, we, we went back in the car after hearing something like that. And I have to be honest, I drove very carefully. <laughs> and I made lots of jokes with my friend. But I knew that actually in my heart, I did need to say sorry to God and say sorry and ask him into my life. I didn't do it that night as it happens, 
But I did do it about a year or so later. And I was challenged again. But I seem to have softened up a bit in my old age. And uh, instead of preaching about judgment or even mentioning it, I find myself feeling I don't want to become over as too judgmental. That's, that's within me anyway. But I, I forget that my Savior actually talked a lot about judgment. Jesus really did. And maybe, maybe I've lost a little bit of, of that kind of warning people of a lost eternity message in some way or another. Maybe it shows a lack of love on my part. I don't know. But it, Jesus spoke quite a bit about judgment in this life and the judgment of the life to come. Now, I've heard lots of clever people say, oh, Jonah and the whale, I mean, you know, couldn't possibly have happened. Um, ridiculous story. But, you know, Jesus believed it. That's, that's, my, that's my, where I'm coming from here. Jesus really did. And he used this story to challenge a cynical audience of Pharisees and religious teachers to acknowledge who he was. So the men of Nineveh, he says, repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now something greater than Jonah is here. What a warning. He's warning them that the decision that they make about him is about your life. The Ninevites had 40 days. And this generation that Jesus spoke to had 40 years before their temple would be destroyed. You know, the, the book of Ecclesiastes says, remember your creator in the days of your youth. I have to say, it becomes harder to consider becoming a Christian and being baptized as you get older. It just does. But I do love it when I, I see a mature person give their life to Christ and get baptized. And I've had the privilege of baptizing several that have made that commitment later in life. Maybe it's for you. I don't know. And you know what? It really, really doesn't matter what you've done at any stage in your life. God wants to forgive you and give you a second chance. Let me show you this video.
Doesn't matter what you may have done, God wants to give you a second chance or a third or fourth. The generation of the Ninevites repented and they were given an opportunity to be saved. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring upon them the destruction he threatened. And that generation, it was crucial that they ended up uh, having that opportunity. hundred years later, on a bright August day in 612 BC, the Assyrian stronghold, with all its 1,500 towers, was reduced to rubble as the Medes of Babylonia, the Scythians, and the Medes under the leadership of a guy called Naboth Peloza. It never rose again. The Old Testament of book of Nahum deals with that event. And Jonah's preaching was to give his hearers a chance, a second chance to be saved. It was an opportunity. Later, Alexander the Great, uh, in September 351 BC, passed through that place of Nineveh. It's historical. And he described it as a barren mound of many sheep. All that's left today of it is a barren mound and not many sheep. The last time I heard it mentioned was actually on TV when ISIS, if you remember, went in and destroyed certain remnants of that city, uh, the archaeological remains of it. So my challenge this morning is could your second chance be somebody else's first chance? If God is giving you a second chance, then it's a message of grace. And it's a message of grace for others too. Is there someone here that maybe you know, that, you know, or someone in your life that you, you, you just don't like? You know, maybe even hate? And the last thing you want to do is to have them forgiven for what they've done. Well, God understands you might hate them. I don't think he was asking Jonah to like the Ninevites. He was just asking Jonah to preach to them. And Jonah, of course, was a repentant sinner. But the reason why God gives this second chance is all comes down to this message in Lent of Jesus, who didn't run in the opposite direction when he was called. He resolutely set out his, or it says in some comment, in some versions, he set his face towards Jerusalem. He resolutely obeyed the call to die and to pay the price for our sin, as we sung about this morning. Does it really hit in that he died for us? He really died for us. So that God could give us a second chance. What, what might God be calling you to do as a result of knowing him? 
Well, I, I don't think it's uh, likely that you're going to be called to copy Jonah. Um, maybe to go to a, a nation like Russia and march into Putin and tell him to repent. And maybe. I, I know which boat I'd be going on a cruise to Spain pretty quickly if I got asked to do that. But there we go. But you don't even have to wear a billboard down Frogmore Street with a placard. But maybe God is calling you to take up a new commitment in this period of Lent. Maybe a commitment within the church, maybe a commitment within the community of Abergavenny, maybe a commitment uh, in your workplace. Maybe God is giving you a chance to pray for somebody else. Maybe somebody in your family or friends might even be somebody that might have hurt you in the past and you don't like. God may well be calling you and giving you a second chance to give that person a first chance. Perhaps you messed up the first time. Well, don't worry. God is a God of compassion. And there may be a day when you are called to be bold and don't miss that moment. Just know God is the God of the second chance. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that for the many chances you have given us along the Christian way. There's probably no one here that can, can say they haven't messed up somewhere. But each time when we said we were sorry, you were there to say, I forgive you, my daughter, my son, my friend. Thank you, Lord, for the many times when we come to your table and ask for forgiveness and we go away knowing that we've been forgiven. Help us, Lord, to, to be people of the second chance and help us to take that second chance to give somebody else the first chance. Lord, be it in our lifetime that we are granted that, that mercy and that grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website, abgavenibaptist.co.uk.